Hello and good day, wonderful podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing amazing, and I'm sending you all of my love, well wishes, and prayers your way to you, your family, and loved ones. We have an absolutely fascinating episode of the show for you today. We have Tom Althouse on, who claims to be the real writer of The Matrix, and we go deep down the rabbit hole. Uh, I got him sent to me from our good friends at Alpha Vedic and Mike Winner, who interviewed him and went deep on their show as well. So we talk about Tom's story, uh, being involved in Hollywood, and some of the crazy stuff that you hear about Hollywood. And in my own research and looking into human trafficking, some of the darker stuff in the world, Hollywood, they sometimes call Holly weird or like these magical spells. A lot of weird stuff goes on in Hollywood. And I actually had a good friend who was in Hollywood Hollywood, who was an actor and was able to confirm some of the stuff that I said, hey man, like I've heard some of this. Is this true? And uh, he confirmed that, yeah, he had experienced directly some very weird and strange things. So in this one, we talk about the original screenplay. We talk about Tom losing his family over his intellectual property, the Wachowski brothers, and how they were kind of created, uh, why the cabal is in plain sight, Tom's legal case, understanding the cabal and how they work, MK Ultra, why evil matters and how science and religion uh, flubbed a big one that's a, a book and uh, what the neural link in the matrix was all about and so much more so this is a really fascinating episode i hope that you enjoy it um if you never seen the matrix uh check it out but this will give you new eyes and just an interesting uh first account insight into hollywood and what one person has dealt with and if you go on his website you can see all these years that he's been battling this out uh trying to get his intellectual property and the truth out there and uh, i have heard similar stories to him so wanted to have him on and just hear a story so uh that's it if you guys want to support the show please go over to mattbelair.com become a member you can uh, leave a review on itunes that's massive censorship is still there so if you want to help us overcome it please just share episodes on a blog wherever you are uh, follow me i'm on my third instagram account uh, telegram is where i post most things and if you want to work with me just reach out mattbelair.com forward slash coaching so that's it uh the best thing you can do to support the show though is three kind acts wherever you are in the world today so let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, purpose, faith, power, courage, and get ready to enjoy this phenomenal episode with Tom Althouse. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. If you want to support this show, please go over to mattbelair.com and you can become a member for free or by donation for exclusive content. But the best way to support is to do three kind, three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a father, visionary, inventor, and award-winning writer-performer. He is the author of The Immortals, which was requested and submitted to Warner Brothers in 1993 to become the Matrix movie, among various other versions of his copyrighted work. He has written and toured original plays. He has toured internationally in Shakespeare tours and improv comedy troops. He loves life, all life, and is now fighting for his own and that of his last surviving son. Welcome to the show, Tom Althouse. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I well, feel like I just did a thing like that Anchorman thing where the guy's like pouring his drink and he pops but, up like that. You know, it's like, <laughs> those, that's the best way to fun. enter. Yeah, yeah well, you know, like, I'm, I'm so excited for this. You know, we got connected through Mike Winner from Alka, yeah. Alpha Vedic, who I, I love. And, um, you know, your story's fascinating. I've, we've go, been going through emails back and forth. I've been trying to do the research on it. Um, there's so many ways that we can dive into this. And it, it's 
it's pretty nuts. So, you know, you know, having like the copyrighted work to the matrix and, and all the stuff that you provide for that, you know, you've got a court case going on, you've got all these other elements going on. Um, so there's a lot of different ways we could uh, go at this, but I'd love for you to just share a little bit about your background. Like how did you, you know, like summarize a short version and then we'll start diving into all of these uh, rabbit holes that we're going to sure. need to do. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the, one of the things I think uh, for background tied into the piece might be interesting is that I, was born with this idea of like layered thinking. And so the only way you could really write the original work, the, where the matrix comes from, the immortals, is you have to have a certain background. That background has to be certainly dark. It has to be a situation where you are gifted in a way where you're experiencing art, where you can do you know, like a lot of music, writing, performance, um, sculpting, all that stuff, multi-layered thinking. And then it'd be in a situation that's kind of a crucible of uh, hard events and a rough start where, you know, even abuse is involved, where suddenly out of that mind factoring all this and trying to make sense of it as a young person, you come up with another world, basically. And that's really where it's going to come from. Wachowskis don't have that and claim the work. I did. And so I tried to write something where the world would be better and where I'd fit in it. So my background basically has been everything from music to performance to writing to you name it. And I actually ended up at a organization. Uh, my family was very, very uh, religious right Christian. And so I had, I was told I had to go basically to uh, Pat Robertson's organization, who was that televangelist. And whoa, that was a white wake up. And so I get there and I'm experiencing all these things and all these plans and now this like backwards thinking. And that cost me everything again, everything was taken away. So I whispered through art what plans were. Next thing I know, I'm asked to pitch it to Bonaventura of Warner Brothers, who still claims he's shepherd and discovered the Matrix story. And it's being submitted and we're thinking everything's gonna be great. Rug gets pulled again, it's given to the Wachowskis. I lost everything because they don't leave prisoners, they destroy you, is what they say. And so even my children were taken, uh, two sons murdered, uh, my daughter reprogrammed and she'll have nothing to do with my last surviving son. I'm told on tapes that my last surviving son is alive because they know I'm concerned for his safety. That's supposed to shut me up. But it was Aiden that said, keep talking. So basically that's a nutshell of the horror and the trip that caused the piece to be written. It was out of a desire to whisper through art what's actually being planned. And I didn't even think generations would get it in, this, in my day. And it's kind of interesting that people still don't really understand the work because they're getting it through a stolen version. And I'd love to put some of the pieces back together and say, here's where they come from and here's what it means. Holy crap. Well, that is incredibly intense. Um, I know of a few horror stories from my work, um, you know, seeing like it's, it's worse than people can possibly imagine. I also know what's possible from, again, my work and, and what you can do to an individual or families, including, you know, natural health doctors, things like that. Um, it's, it's all real and it's all awful. So, um, and then a lot coming out of Hollywood too, right? Hollywood is just basically the evil cesspool, you know, and I have other even random confirmed stories of, you know, um, people that worked in Vancouver saying, you know, we know, we remember the year it went dark where they were doing sets and costume and all of a sudden everything that they would costume and set was all dark. It's all basically <laughs> satanic and Luciferian and awful. So, you know, one of the big ways to change this world, I believe is through media. You know, we have this big, you know, essentially matrix in front of us that perpetuates these stories that are around murder and loss and all these horrible things, but nothing 
nothing is being imprinted into the mind for positivity, for, you know, all these solutions for the world. So uh, where do you think we should take this? Do you think we should talk about like the big holes? And I love how, you know, the matrix people will say it's a documentary, you know, out there it's become this, you know, iconic thing is like, it's a documentary. So how do you feel about that statement? Well, that's, that's it's amazing because at first they didn't say that, did they? It wasn't passed around like that. And then Keanu Reeves and others are starting to say that. Why? Because it is. It was potentially written that way. And I think to serve audiences best, I should hold up the work that was used on set. So what you have here is um, for the U.S. Uh, Copyright Center, the director and specialist both signing on. And you have this gold seal. You got this bolting system. They're the ones that told me to do this after they found out what was going on. And uh, under it, you'll see the date. This version is 1998. And it's a little, little scribbly there, but 1998 on that stamp. December 1998. This is what's used on set to make the Matrix. Now look at the title. The Immortals. Shuffle those letters around and see if you get Matrix at an X. What the Wachowskis did, they tried to be clever. The ones that claimed the work, Larry and Andy now posing as women. And they just shuffle the letters around because they want to be clever. It's all about reversing, shuffling, things like that. That's why I want people to realize if we, when we go to share screen, why my name is in there. Why my name, why do you have a character with two names? Neo is not just Neo, Neo is Thomas A. Well, here I am. So they're giving two names. They're mocking the author is what I'm told by the story department personnel that called me to tell me where to look and see these graphics I'll be showing you. So that's how big this is. There is an internal battle. Now we don't have a court case right now because the first time we were brought to go to bat, it was on their uh, terms and their, with their people in charge of steering everything. And that included an attorney, Tony Rankin. I'm showing this right now, jumping ahead to this because if you go online and research my name, Thomas Aldhouse, Matt and audience, you're gonna see Oh, we lost his case. Well, take a look how they did it. Here's Tony Rankin, whose classmates would lead attorney Linda Burrow of uh, Warner Brothers. He's not eligible to practice law. Well, there you go. You lost right away. Wasn't eligible since 1990. And since they got involved with him to throw our case, he's eligible now, sponsored by them. Lead attorney Linda Burrows and, the, and Warner Brothers team reinstated his license and said they'd be his expert witness if he ever needed him. He was put in place to throw the case. So we haven't had our shot yet, but fraud has no statute of limitations, so we'll be back. But first, the documentary. First, educate the public, court of public opinion. And there'll be trolls coming on to try to steer that away. But we'll be showing evidence that that's what we're going to be bringing forward. And that's why their, attorneys, their own attorneys are saying they're afraid of jail time, federal prison now. They know they can't stop this story. They said, in a quote we have on tape, Tom, you've won the chess game, they say. They're afraid of your power. That's a Disney contact recorded on tape for our documentary. So this happened years ago and you've kind of been battling ever since to at least be recognized for your work and obviously compensated. Um, so that would be years and years and years to kind of like push forward a, a ruse. You know what I mean? If you wasn't legit, plus to go through all those <laughs> thorns and those terrible things that would happen yeah, and continue no. to happen. Also understanding how dark Hollywood could be. It's also putting you in a you know precarious position. And yeah, so- that's right. There That's must right. be, you know, some vehement uh, energy to continue this battle. So when you talk about the documentary, what are, you, what are you sharing there? Are you talking about the journey from writing the script and then going to Hollywood and then how it got taken and all the other things um, that unfolded? 
Yeah, I've left it up to the team. It's basically we view it as a field of gold nuggets. What the Hollywood is saying in their players is that it's too much information. It's convoluted. No. How can you have too much information for writers? How can you have too much material and too much evidence for a story? It doesn't make any sense. That's backwards. Usually it's the other way around. So they're trying to, you know, poo-poo it. In fact, people are contacting now that are inside the industry saying, or actually uh, truth teller hosts are contacting me saying, stop doing interviews. If you go any other higher level, you'll be killed, you and your son. So this is people inside the truth movement who are hosts saying, stop talking, you're gonna get killed, stop talking. And one guy even said, get out of the way of God, let God do it. Uh, yeah, right, no, I'm gonna continue talking. What I do is I look at it this way, Matt. My children were murdered, and I'm gonna hold a picture up here in a second. Let's get to the dark side of this right away. They were murdered, I'm told they're murdered. Hollywood contacts want you to know they're murdered to get a response to enact what's called a 302. And that's where we'll get to some graphics again with Spielberg involved. A 302 means that you have said or claimed, you have to have someone say you said that you're going to murder someone. In this case, they're claiming my son and like as if, and that you're suicidal. There's no way. So they recruit a family member, incredibly well rewarded, who once, once was a fan of your work to say these things and hint SWAT teams come based on the credentials she's been given by the Hollywood group. So that's what's really interesting is they play a game, they call it a chess game, that's their quote, of the elite, they call themselves elite, and that's supposed to take your work. Intellectual property, and, and the way the government sees it in this country is this, the Pentagon at least. They see us, at, writers, as assets. We belong to the state. We are assets of the state. Therefore, they can take whatever they want from us, their mindset here, because that serves the needs to um, serve the state, protect the state. And so if you make a fuss, which the quote on tape from the Disney contact is, you dared to face them down. That's why this was done to you and your sons. If you dare to face them down, then um, you will be punished uh, because you're getting in the way of helping the rest of the population as an asset. If it makes any sense at all, they view it that way that your property is their property because you're an asset of the state. I'm like, wow, that's like, okay, sure. Well, give me a different country. So, well, that, yeah. that there is, you know, from doing the law summit, it's, it, they, they see you as cattle, right? So we're basically in debt to the international monetary fund and your country is a corporation, United States corporation, as well mm -hmm. as Canada and all the other ones. And so that's why in Canada, they can just come take your land because you're in debt. Canada, the corporation, USA, the corporation is in debt to the international monetary fund. So then they come take your stuff. That's why we have the birth certificates and all that kind of stuff. If you look at the origin of birth certificates and, you know, first of all, I'll say that's, that's horrendous. And I'm so sorry to hear about, um, you know, what happened to your family. Um, and, you know, I'd say like for a lot of people that might be a stretch, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, sure. This is going on. However, from my own research, if you look at, uh, the documentary, uh, in shadow, or mm -hmm. I think it's called in shadow and shadows. And I know some people have actually gone into the Hollywood sphere and, um, through, you know, the festival thing. And before they were in, they kind of got this catapult to get a little bit higher up. And they said, you were right. Like, you know, I didn't believe what you're saying. Like, there's a lot of dark stuff, but they, like there, you were right. Like, um, one, one friend in contact that I have basically said, like, I saw something that, you know, scared me to my core. Like I, you know, mm -hmm. I'm no longer, um, going down that path because of what I observed. Um, and then also, you know, you talk, 
talk to Dr. Bear Lando from Alpha right. Vedic and some of the stuff that he's experienced with the natural health doctors. And then you look at Carrie Made, you know, her plane automatically, you know, it just randomly starts to go down, even though she's been speaking out about what's been going on in the world for a while. So, uh, and the government being linked to Hollywood, you know. Right. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Now the Hollywood studios are starting to, because of this work, they're saying paparazzi even contact me. And they like Rick Leakes on Maui is top paparazzi on Maui. Great guy, actually. Great guy. And these other friends of his in California, they're actually they're nice people, but they, they feel they got a bad rap. They feel they're just doing their job. And if the Hollywood people didn't do bad things, they wouldn't have to photograph these bad things or something. So I've actually been tapped to write their story. They want me to write their story, which I think is kind of color, it's kind of fun. But the thing is that they're telling me that, yeah, new Hollywood is forming, the dangerous people on your side in Hollywood, Tom, now, just stay alive. So that's the words they give. Now, why is this happening where there's a danger element? Well, keep in mind this work right here is worth now over 1.2 billion and growing, they say. So if you have one writer worth that much money and this many people involved in the theft, then they feel that the good of the many outweigh the view needs the one. And so basically you can destroy one family, buy off some of them too, and you've got billions in the pocket making more and it's an investment that's gonna grow. So one, Intellectual property is the easiest thing to take, make money on, and not have to worry about being caught. You have your media to destroy that person, block, shadow ban, you name it, and you take all the iconic images that are cool, that are in here, out, and you just don't give it to the Wachowskis. You set it up so it can go to everybody who has a taste. So the cabal, I'll call it the cabal. The cabal has to make sure everybody's satisfied on the team. So here's what they did, Matt. I want to show you this. What you have is here. I'm going to give you first example. This is from the copyright office. And it's the assassins. Okay, the assassins. Wachowskis, their first piece they get to do. And you look under it, you see the Wachowskis. And you see Dean Laurentiis. Now, Dean Laurentiis in Paradise Films Dean Laurentiis is the one that's famous for, or infamous, for whining and dining the Wachowskis and saying they're going to have beautiful starlets, they're going to have uh, fame and fortune and everything. And their body of work at the time was only Plastic Man and Carnivore, which they're still peddling and no one's doing. Plastic Man's about a person who def defecates radioactive material. Carnivore is about a person that eats people. Well, nobody wants it. It was too dark. But here's Dean Laurentiis whining and dining them when the Wachowskis dropped out of school failed their painting contract and their mom's or business and their mom said all they did was play video games. So why are they being, why are sci-fi groupies being wined and dined and then given this project? In fact, they failed at Assassins. Another writer had to be brought in. I want that to be digested. Another writer had to be brought in and the Wachowskis did an article that said they failed as writers in Hollywood. It can be looked up in 95 and they'll have to leave, pack their bags and leave Hollywood unless they're given a project to direct. In another article, I want people to get this, is they said they are hoping to be given the science project when they're asked what's next. Well, that's what this work was. This work was submitted in 93, my work, and I have the submission letter, receipt, tracking number, everything to 4,000 Warner Brothers Lane Story Department and the friend of Bonaventura, Elizabeth. And what's interesting is you see after Assassins, you see this pop up. There's Immortals. There's all these subtitles, no body of work. You're what, you're copywriting subtitles under Immortals? And there's Dean Laurentiis again in Paradise Films. This should be very telling to people. And an investment firm, biggest investment firm in the world basically is there, Nedlin. 
So you have Paradise Films again, Dean Laurentiis, and one more film company besides the Paradise Films, Dean Laurentiis is Dean Laurentiis Communications on the copyright of my title, The Immortals, and all those subtitles. Don't see all those subtitles? I have lots of contacts in the business now on our side, helping, or at least playing both sides. And these subtitles allow slots the copyright office. So anybody who has a take on this work can choose one of those titles and have a slot for the ripoff version. The Wachowskis were supposed to pick one of those titles, but they didn't, did they? They reversed the letters of Immortals and give up Matrix because they were angry about another writer being brought in to finish Assassins and that they weren't being considered for the science project. So when they got it, when Joel Silver gave them an audition piece called Bound, fans will know this if they're fans still of them. Bound, they were supposed to prove they could direct just like they said in the article. The only way we'll make it is if we can direct something. So they're given Bound to direct and then they're given the Matrix title. That's why there's no copyright on the Matrix at first, not at all. So what happens is they didn't pick one of the titles on the Army of Darkness or the 342 other titles. They didn't pick one. That would have earned them a slot. That was the plan. That's the theft trail for the cabal. Instead, they chose a name completely away from it and stuck in all my personal information to slap the face and have one up on the Warner Brothers group. But the Wachowskis were so arrogant, insiders from the story department, I know this is a lot, contact me and tell me exactly where to look where all my information is and that created the firestorm that's why they had to supply their own attorney who wasn't licensed suspended license ineligible to practice to throw the case so they can then say on the media <clears throat> tom Oldhouse lost his case and the story well let's see what's there fraud has no statute of limitations educate the public first whisper through art through a documentary now the documentary thing you're talking about they're now saying it's supposed to be a documentary. Yeah, I was whispering through art. The original author was. They didn't say that originally. Wachowski simply were lifting images they thought were cool, hodgepodging them together, not worrying about the story. In fact, saying audiences, audiences can figure it out for themselves, not explaining it, not understanding it. You've got six generations of Zion. It's only supposed to be one. Now they're on their fan page saying fans explain to them it should be one. It should be one. You've got all kinds of films besides what they stuck in the matrix. You got all kinds of films with my information in it from Universal Studios, Warner Brothers, Disney that show Tom Oldhouse, my son who died, his birthday exactly in his name, um, right to the year, right to the month, day, everything's there. And now it's being told to me, such as Man in the High Castle. So all these images, all these layered graphics with stacked information in it, should the author win, they have a card to say, we we're with you. We stuck your stuff in there. We're trying to warn people. We put it in plain sight. They just didn't get it. That's their ticket to be on the winning side should my side win. Isn't that crazy? So in the films, all this stuff is planted. It's put there and I'll show you some of those graphics. But well, first, that's, an interest, hey. that's an interesting one there just to, to share that because again, from what I understand about how this works is they always have disclosure. You know, all the stuff of knowing what's been going on the last couple of years or kind of seeing what's going. They always put it out there for you to see. They never hide it. And I think it's one of the rules. Um, I don't know if it's being Luciferian or whatever the case, the cabal or, or however they operate. They There are certain things that they will abide by. And one of them is disclosure. They always put it in there. So it's it's like, well, why would they do that? Well, I've shown people lots of stuff that that have been disclosed from the horse's mouth, but their brain isn't ready to handle what it is and so you know it's just uh that's exactly right that's that's great great assessment i want to add one more thing here too on this 
have to follow up with this. The Immortals, right? This follows the one with Dean Laurentiis. When I come to Hollywood in 1996 with a piece again and resubmit, watch what happens. Here's more titles. There's more than 342 in Army of Darkness, but there's Army of Darkness again. Immortals, my title. More titles. Where's Dean Laurentiis? He disappeared. He took his name off the project and put it exclusively in the ownership and claim of creative process of the investment firms only. So this says the investment firms created the immortals. No body of work creating slots. This is a huge. So the investment firms claim they created the immortals. They suddenly got a bug for writing, Matt. And they have all these titles there still under Army of Darkness as a subtitle. So they can create slots. Now, why? Because all these studios, including Disney, Universal, Sony had takes on this. Since all these studios had takes on this work, they didn't want to have the cabal in disarray. So they do this system of subtitles, creating slots, the copyright office. Anybody who steals the work can feel free to take this work with all the iconic images, including robot-like agents, Jackson Neck, all that. You can take it, pick one of those titles. We added some more. It grew. And that safeguards you. The investment firms who claim ownership and creative content or said they created it, make money every time it's stolen and a studio takes it. The studios feel free to take it and safe because the investment firms claim ownership. They'll take the rap if they're caught. And there's your little system, which is absolutely ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It's so obvious. Investment firms don't create scripts. They have writers do that. Investment firms don't create. They don't suddenly get like, hey, Bob, you know, I got a call from uh, more investments coming up. Big friend, hey, but, but, hey, I got the script idea. What is it? Oh, uh, it's this one. God help us. We just came up with a script. Quick, put it under our investment firm's names. Now we'll make money like crazy because every time we give it out, we're going to make a fortune. And the, I mean, we get it coming and going. Yeah, you do because you stole it. And you were given it by who? Who gave it to him? This man that preceded you on the uh, copyright of my title, Dean Laurentis. And what did Dean Laurentis do? Dean Laurentis, oh yeah, he's the one that wined and dined the Wachowskis for assassins. Get it? So with this trail and, and what you've been experiencing and trying to bring this to light, what would be your hope? Like what would be the positive outcome of going through this? And I'm just curious how often, you know, scripts get stolen in Hollywood or oh, this could be a very, yeah, common practice. So what would be your end hope? And then I'd love to kind of dive into some of the matrix stuff where what do you think the biggest holes were and like the big, biggest missing leaks from the iconic scenes or how it was written? I love it. Um, I love it. I love it. This is funny because as we say this, even the heads of Disney and other places now, even Bob Iger, had, I have a tape with Bob Iger wanting to talk on the phone, right? And then he got fired the next day because he was, he was jumping the gun. He's in charge of the cover-up, Bob Iger. And so he's going to contact me and I have it on tape where he wants this for the documentary, where his guy is saying he really wants to talk to you. He's fired the next day. He's fired the next day. He jumped the gun. You're in charge of the cover-up, Bob. You're not supposed to be talking to Tom. You're supposed to cover that up. And so he gets fired and we got it on tape. So what's really cool is this is just like, it's off the charts. We've got their attorneys on tape saying that there are no working drafts. It's a mute point to ask for discovery. They never gave us discovery. It's fraud, no due process. We got them, we're coming back. So it's a mute point on tape to ask for discovery because we have no working drafts. No working drafts. All right, if you have no working drafts, how the hell did you come up with a Matrix story? They made it up on set with this in hand, the storyboard, a visual storyboard, 600 visual storyboard, 600 page visual storyboard of all these lifted images, 
made up on set as they went along. That's why they stuck in Train Man and Alice in Wonderland, what they're familiar with, they're small minds. I'm sorry, I don't like them. As they made up as they went along. And then they wrote down the script after they shot it. That's why there's no working drafts. So to answer your question, um, well, give me your question one more time because I, I just went on a layer on that one. So <laughs> give me one more time. And I'll, I want to address also, like you said, get into the meat of where this comes from, where these scenes come from, what the Wachowski can't explain to you and look at the deep dive of what they put in. Yeah, so, so with, with everything you've kind of gone through, I don't know how long this has been, 1993. So it would have been, you know, years of going through this. Oh, it's hell. Hell, a horrible hell. situation. So yeah. what would be like the ideal outcome? Oh, what, would, what would you like, you know, the world to experience or know or, you know? Here's it is. I want the system to turn upside down. I First of all, I want a system where law is redone legal system where a child could argue their case. No more of this big business stuff. They know all the loopholes. They know all the tricks to bleed an author dry and destroy them. They, quote, they say the word destroy their life in order to keep them from doing anything. And they believe, they say it this way. They say they're teaching you a lesson that if you dare face them down, you lose everything. So don't use the law. Don't come to the law. And then they have the police departments working with them too. What I want to see is that redone where there's no statute of limitations for intellectual property ripoff, when big companies or studios are doing it to an author, male or female, whatever, family, child or adult. If you're stealing work and you're a studio, there should be no statute of limitations because you have you know how to play the game. You just The author's getting hit and destroyed. My sons are dying before I even know the work's been taken. The author's the last to know that his work is stolen, but they have inside planted people coming forward like Sophia Stewart and others that are supposed to claim they came up with it brought from in-house. And so that's what they do is you don't find out until people are already claiming the work was stolen and they are the ones that own it. The author's the last to know. And it looks like he's some schmuck that came along and is just making another claim on top of other people's claims. The author's the last to know. So I'd like to see no statute of limitations for intellectual property theft. It should be something that could haunt Disney and the rest of them forever. If that author ever has the ability to find attorneys to represent him, because nobody's going to touch the small guy who's had everything taken away from him. Jobs, education was stripped, kids killed. You know, it's like everything's, your friends are turned, your family's bought, certain family members bought and rewarded very well. They know how to play that art of war game. Another thing is I wanna see the children free. And that's a general statement. I want the children free. There is child trafficking going on. And that's actually in the screenplay. I was warning in the screenplay about sex rings because that was what happening at Roberts's organization connected to Disney. So no wonder they want it cleansed out. And so I'd like to also have my sons honored that were killed. And that's what's driving me forward too. You say about how we've gone for this for a long way in the horror, in memory of my sons and in honor of other people's sons that were taken too and daughters, I'm gonna finish this job, man. So that's what drives me. That's where they blew it. The other side says it's all about power. That's on tape too. It's all about power. No, it's not. It is also about compassion. If you, power, absolute power can corrupt absolutely unless compassion is in the mix then it doesn't corrupt. If compassion is in the mix genuinely there, sincerely and genuinely there, you're never gonna stop giving. You're never gonna stop fighting for what's right and doing the right thing. So also I wanna see where the power changes, the pyramid changes, the power structure changes. I wanna see people who actually allow accountability. Right now they self-police. Robertson's organization self-polices itself. That evangelist? Yeah, Southern Baptist, whatever thing that funds him. They self-police. They do their own internal taking care of. You think that's going to do anything? 
And then the Bar Association in California, these Hollywood studios, they police themselves. It's their own attorneys that decide the judgment on themselves. It's insane. So what they have is that's why, you know, and you just have this series of situations where they're not going to let anything change. They're going to keep profiting off of it. And I want to see the government agencies, certain ones disbanded. I know that's a far cry. I want to see the FBI dismantled. They are a rogue organization that was formed for espionage, this kind of stuff. And they went wild. They, no one checks and balances them in this country. They are able to do whatever they want. And they learned that they could exploit the people they're supposed to protect and make a fortune better than poppy fields, better than uh, prostitution. Intellectual property is the name of the game. They found their gold mine, their gold rush. So intellectual property, you help destroy the author. You help protect the studios that are stealing it. And you got nice bedfellows and Disney and the FBI formed a relationship, CIA, they formed a relationship during World War II, basically. The idea was we need to protect content, protect this nation, the assets, our assets, from content that could be breaches of national security, put us at risk. So therefore, Disney, we're gonna work with you to control content. And Disney said, yeah, sure. Now the studios are blaming the FBI and CIA and other agencies for making them do intellectual property ripoff. Really, you were made to, we sure made a lot of profits. Well, not now, Disney. But that's the deal. They're actually turning on the FBI and doing test films if they can get away with this. Warner Brothers did the Richard Jewell story. Well, that's blaming the FBI for being the bad guys. Now they are turning on each other. And it's, they're telling me it's because of this work right here. Too many hands, too many people's lives at stake that could be rattled and the boat rocked in this piece because too many got involved. You saw that insert about the copyright office and all the different corporations that could be, you know, all the different takes they can have on it and how they're protected within that trail. Well, everything can shake up from the copyright office to Hollywood, to the FBI, to you name it, all the way up to our congressmen. And I do say congressman, Matt, I know I'm going fast, but I'll try to capsulize this. Congress is involved with the FBI. How do I know this? Can I go to graphics now? Can I share real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay, I want to I want to make this point because I'm I'm doing point. I could, anybody right now could go, oh my God, he's all over the map. Sure, you could say that, but let's just take a look why I am delving into so many different taps right now, because that's how the story is. I want you to meet this man, Brian Fitzpatrick. Looks like Pee Wee Herman. This man right here is the one that helped to stabilize Ukraine. Look how big this gets. I'll slow it down. This is a lifelong FBI operative, Brian Fitzpatrick. He's also a US Congressman. That's a contradiction in this country. There are three pillars based from our founding fathers in the US. You have judicial, executive, legislative. This man is heading basically top positions in what? Judicial and legislative. Well, that's not supposed to happen. That's two pillars as one. And he is the man responsible for destabilizing Ukraine. How? The FBI's International Corruption Unit. What the hell is that? International, I thought FBI is supposed to deal with just US soil. CIA can deal with the outside, but what, what's the FBI doing overseas? Well, the FBI has become a rogue organization that now allows this man to be a lifelong FBI agent and also US congressman. And not just a US congressman, but Pennsylvania U.S. congressman, 
where my sister is and employed my sister who's an unlicensed elementary school counselor, giving her black tie dinners, giving her trips to Washington, New York, to um, London, to the Caribbean. And uh, she gets maid service. She had this mansion. She gets to get um, uh, appearances on CNN, owned by Warner Brothers. Jimmy Fallon show, spokesperson for Sandy Hook, should tell you something right there. Also, she gets to be president of all psych people, school psych people in Pennsylvania, top school psych person in Pennsylvania. Why? Because this man gave it to her. So she can have the credentials to put her brother away who wrote this piece. And I kid you not, because it's worth 1.2 billion. So my sister's job, who used to be a fan, is to use her accolades given by this man, who's a US congressman and FBI operative from Hollywood, Wilkshire Boulevard, to make sure the brother falls and she's eating it up with a spoon. She is getting, and she, what she does is make false 302s with the credentials he gave her. So she does is she'll call, uh, she'll call Fitzpatrick and say, you know, okay, I'm gonna go with it. Uh, Tom called me all the time and said he's suicidal and gonna kill somebody. Well, that's very convenient because that's the two things you need for a 302 to put somebody away for life in the criminally insane. As if I'm gonna call her the last person on earth I ever call Matt. They're gonna claim that I called her and that's all they need to send the SWAT team out to the house and Aiden watch me. My last surviving son watches me get dragged away again. No, no trial, nothing done at all to um, have process. And that's what I'm gonna hold right up right now. This film right here for Universal Studios makes that very clear. In this, you have um, the situation where she's hauled off because the police don't like what she's doing. The police working for the FBI. She's hauled off and put away for the criminally insane. No due process. And that's brought up during the trial. So what you, let me go back one more time. That graphic I showed you of Brian Fitzpatrick, that article talks about him in the Ukraine. What's he doing? He's getting rid of their Shokin. Shokin is his name. Ukrainian, Ukrainian prosecutor general, very high position, Viktor Shokin. He's getting rid of him. Why? He wasn't pushing for reforms. So that's why he's losing his reputation, his jobs. And that's this man's here, the one that handles my sister. His job is to do that. And so it also says later that he wasn't moving fast enough. Uh, and it says this was supported by law enforcement agencies. Yeah. And um yeah, so that's what's happening is they, they destabilized Ukraine with this guy, with your Canadian guy. Uh, there's another guy on here besides Fitzpatrick um, th that was from Canada that was sent also with him. And his name is Donald Baxter, international anti-corruption expert. There we go with anti-corruption again. It's like a Kempatai in Japan, World War II, who worked with Fitzpatrick in Kiev as a Canadian government employee and said... Um, that they, they, they got rid of Shokin. So this man is destroyed by this man who handles my sister. And what you have is the FBI actually has in Quantico, Virginia, a training camp, the FBI Academy, and they take, they select who they want. These are all these white guys, middle-aged white guys that just basically walk along. And they're given a yellow brick at the end of the uh, indoctrination by the FBI so these chief of police, all you need is a high school equivalency. That's all you need to qualify to be picked. You go back and you work for the FBI. And that's exactly what this man's doing right here. This is Warrington Township. This does apply to the story. Here's the man that keeps putting me away on 302s, sending the SWAT teams, because Fitzpatrick gave him SWAT teams. And look behind his head. 
is the FBI yellow brick road brick. He was trained at Quantico. Look behind his head, FBI National Academy. A chief of police that has the uh, intellect of a P, you can see. And that's the guy who keeps sending the SWAT teams for Brian Fitzpatrick to put me away on a 302. And the deal is this, as the writer, sounds like a fantasy, it's true. As the writer, I'm put away. Remember I said my last son is alive? They say he's alive because we know you're concerned for his safety. I would get visitation with my son if I, quote, behaved myself. And then it's actually in this piece, she's spelled out clearly. The character is told that if you sign over that you, they did nothing wrong and you made it up and were delusional about it, you can see your son again. And then you give your rights over. That's the game they play, the 302. And so in this too, here's me hauled off on a 302. Am I criminally insane? No, did I do anything wrong? No. They set it up where you just hauled off because your sister said you're going to shoot somebody and you're suicidal. That's how it works. Now, one thing here, and I'll get to the content for this is better. I just wanna get the dark out of the way. Each person in this picture has been murdered over this property. Sean is down on the left corner. Kirk is on the right side. My dad has just been starved to death by my sister under Fitzpatrick who became his POA. And I have tapes of my dad's calling out on the phone saying, you know, um, get me out of here. I wanna go home. I wanna, you know, they, they didn't let him eat. She didn't let him eat. She said, you can't eat. And he screamed at her, let me go, let me go. But she murdered him. It took 40 days to starve him to death. We couldn't do anything about it. They were gonna put a three on two on me if I showed up, haul me off. And so he starves to death, begging for his life. She drugged him, starved him to death, and then got on her page and said that my dad thanked her for her healthcare, his healthcare. No, she didn't. Sean was killed by a snowplow, a snowplow. Kirk was killed in the bottom of shallow, a lap pool on a Japanese Air Force base. And they said there'd be an investigation. He was 30 or 26 years old. And he's, he's an expert swimmer diver and he dies in the shallow, where's the lifeguard? Stars and Stripes said they'll do an investigation, they won't. That's a masonic death. Die in the shallows, I was a mason. I was brought in by CIA operatives, Lauren Holmberg and these other guys that were operatives, brought me in. I didn't know they were operatives at the time. And they said, we're fans of your work. You know, you're gonna see things that are gonna blow your mind. Uh, you're one of the elite now. Then they pulled the rug after my case was thrown and my son dies in the shallows of a lap pool. That's a messianic death, to die a cable's length from shore, disemboweled, a cable's length from shore. That's what he did. He died in the shallows. And they let you know that's what happened. Your, your sons died because of your belligerence. Your sons died because you didn't let it rest. Your sons died because, quote, from Disney Contact, you dared to face us down. So that's what's going on. Now, I wanted to set that aside and cover the dark side of it first. That's the hardest part. And then I want to go to the matchups and show you what's actually in the uh, graphics themselves, if I may. But any comments first? Yeah, wow, holy shit. Um, not, I didn't see that coming, that's, that's horrible. Um, you know, the only thing I can draw a comparison in when I started working on the human trafficking stuff, it was more horrible than I could possibly imagine. And right. it took me about six months of going through evidence to accept what I was learning. Um, you know, in Hollywood with, uh, you know, with the rappers and, you know, music stars, often they'll drug you and they'll get you on tape doing something uh, awful. 
Um, and then they say, Hey, you know, either sign this contract where everything, you know, everything you're going to get this, they're basically going to hose you through the contract, but we're not going to release this video. Um, you know, initiations I'm aware of and, uh, how they'll use different tactics, like, like very well drawn out tactics to, you know, do some pretty awful things. And I'm, it's interesting because I was actually speaking about this in my coaching group the other day, where I have a very wealthy friend and he has a friend that's a billionaire. And mm-hmm. he asked him, he goes, what's the difference between being a multimillionaire and a billionaire? And he said, mm-hmm. when you're a billionaire, bring your harpoon gun. Um, meaning right. that there's, you know, there's, there's uh, so orchestrated, there's so much influence that can happen that if you rattle someone else's, you know, ability to make billion, hundreds of millions or, or billions of dollars, then they will throw everything at you um, to create a story like this. And the documentary is referring to was uh, out of shadow. So, you know, I've done enough research on the dark to realize that this story is definitely, you know, possible, not, you know, it's mm-hmm. insane and it's awful to, mm-hmm. you know, listen to, but for most people, they would think, you know, this, this is, this is impossible. But when you have survivor stories from human trafficking, um, from out of shadows, if you look at some of the survivor tapes from around the world, then you look at Ukraine and what everything's going on there. Well, I learned years ago that Ukraine was a hub for human trafficking. They estimate 25 to 40 million people in a human trafficking condition. How are there so many people in that position unless it's orchestrated worldwide? And when you look at, you know, especially the state of the world with politics, with war, with uh, governors, with all these different things, it's all crooked. And many of them go through these secret oaths and secret r- rituals. And it's become, you know, my conclusion that it, it really is a, a spiritual war of like good versus evil, you know, God versus the devil, because why do they worship Lucifer if they don't believe in God? You exactly. Know? So yeah. it's a wild thing. That's right. And look at it this way. The cabal has many components many different uh, confederacy, confederacy, basically, of different main players and studios and agencies and things like this, including Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson shares a sex ring and trafficking with Disney. That's what came to light when I was approached by a certain professor, Dr. Harry Sova at Robertson Organization. That's the genesis of the Matrix script, whispering through art. Where was I whispering? What the plans were of the cabal, because I was working, I was being groomed to be the face of the Christian coalition, the face of the Christian coalition with Pat Robertson when he's running for president in 1988. That's where this comes from. I was a grad student studying screenwriting. So it fits that I'm gonna write this piece, right? And I was whispering through art. Documentary, sure. Now they're saying it because I was trying to warn what was coming. And Matt, I only thought that people would get it in future generations. I didn't think it would do any good to write it in our time because I thought I'd just be dead. You know, I was getting death threats, everything like I'm getting now. So now the death threats are resurfacing again. Shut up, don't do interviews, stop talking. One person even saying, get it out of the way of God. Don't stop doing interviews. Let God do everything. Right, let God save the children. Now, I'm not supposed to do anything. But the responsibility I have when I was being groomed by the inside, that's how I know all this information. That's how I can whisper through art. And you think they want that out? No. So what I wanna do is I wanna show you some of the things they stuck in the films. And they let me know from inside the story department. This was only possible because the Wachowskis were angry at Warner Brothers. This starts to make sense, I think, for people, why Joel Silver gave them an audition piece, Bound, after they failed at Assassins. They failed as writers. Why did Dean Laurentiis wine and dine the Wachowskis and promise them beautiful starlets and fame and fortune if they didn't do anything, if they flunked out of their business, or failed their business, flunked out of school, all they did was play video games, 
that's like picking the neighbor that just kind of drinks beer and saying, okay, you're going to be, we're going to wine and dine you. Why am I here? What? This is a great meal. What? You know, beautiful women and you're going to have fame and fortune. Why? Truth is you're going to be an insider for Warner Brothers. So we can be an inside claimant of the work that we're going to steal. And that way we can claim it in house and we'll get rid of the writer. Don't worry about it. And so when they were taken off of assassins, they got angry. They did not like another writer being brought in, went all the way to the Writers Guild uh, West and said, look, we want our, our name off this project. They're very arrogant. Instead, Joel Silver shows up and says, listen, I'll save you guys. I'll give you a audition piece. You prove yourselves in Bound, you can direct. They said they had to prove they could direct. Then you'll get the work, the science project. And that's exactly what happened. And who's the lead character's name in Bound? This will lead us into the graphic matchups. What's the main character Larry picks for the name of the lead character in Bound that represents him? Violet. Violet is my grandmother's name. So a maternal grandmother. Now let's go to the matchups if we may. Any questions on that at all? No, continue. This is a, uh, yeah, this is a lot. Okay, here we go. Let's go to the first graphic ever shot. Here's the first graphic in the matrix. Now that's hard to see, granted, but I'm gonna tell you what's there and I'll just point it out. If you can see it, it'll be fuzzy. I'll give you a cleaner version right screenshot this is the first graphic ever put in the story now see how the page looks like it's turning at the bottom see how it's blurry at the bottom right it's turning this is in for specifically a split second matt this is a split second on the screen because you're not supposed to see this content and the only way i know this is if somebody from inside the story department tells me it's there now notice it's flipped it's actually a split second upside down first graphic shot first scene shot the interrogation scene in the matrix. Anybody can check this out on ACD, DVD, CD, even VHS. And what you have is this. Now keep in mind, Susanna Bolgen, graphic designer for the uh, matrix project said that anything in for a split second is for the Wachowski's eyes only to keep the project interesting. Well, this is in for a split second upside down. Now we invert it. July 22nd, that's what records showed my birthday to be from 1996 to 1999 when this is shot. Yeah, my birthday was changed. My records were erased. My social security number disappeared. And this is what appeared. So the Wachowski are showing, they know the changed birthday. Interesting. Look at the name of the character, Thomas A. Thomas A, well, that's me, Thomas A. Anderson is my Scottish clan name, very clever. Now people would say right off, Matt, why would they research you? You're a nobody. Why would they research? No, uh, if I was the milkman, the florist, or the uh, graphic designer, yeah, nothing. But if I'm actually the author who has the copyright and uh, have the copyright at this very point and it's submitted to Bonaventura and it's proved and can't be denied, if I'm actually the owner of the work, like you said, would they not put it in plain sight? Is this not a clever way to put it in plain sight? So you've got my dad's name, John A, John Anderson, a Scottish clan. John is my dad's name. You've got Central West High. All right, Central West High. So I, where did I put it? Right here. So we got Central West. They tweak it to junior high. But like I said, there's my diploma from Central West. We always call it Central West. Central West High. So there's my high school. What is the mathematical probability of having the exact author's high school name, double name, Neo Thomas A, Scottish clan name, dad's name, my birthday as it on records at this point, and in the column, TA 4099, TA was 4099, what is the mathematical probabilities? We're answering that in the documentary. We're bringing the mathematician to explain. Then you add this, one more thing. In Animatrix, it's too many messages. Okay, Animatrix, 
the, the exact clock, exact birthday on the clock, 7259, age 44, passed it, four passes red. Very clever. You got age in red, exact birthday in black, very clever graphic. So this is impossible mathematically to happen by accident. So all of it is here. Now let's go further. Let's pop up that clock in my license. Here's the actual graphic from the Animatrix. This is 2003 when my birthday is corrected on records. It recorrected, so there it is. Pop up my license. And is there any questions? I mean, come on. I'm gonna, uh, the trolls don't stand a chance here, but they're gonna still go try. Seven, seven, two, two. One before the 60. Lo and behold, 59. One before the 60. If that was moved, Matt, one degree, I don't have a case. But it's exactly seven, two, 59. That's exactly spot on with the birthday. I am sorry. I wrote this stuff because I thought audiences were intelligent and they are feeding stuff to their face. And you'll see trolls even come on your side. You're gonna see it, trolls will spear and say, this is BS. I got a BS meter going off. Really? That's my exact birthday. Well, maybe you can like, because this is a lot and it's very uh, specific. Like you yeah. said you were groomed in like the Masons, like this is stuff that they do. This is what they, they do. They, they tell you that. And they, they also, you. this is yeah. a secret. And I don't, maybe you can uh, talk a little bit about, but they say, if you expose anything, you'll get killed. Uh, you do yes. these yes. interesting rituals that escalate as you go up and, and it's a very mysterious. So I can't confirm anything that I've read. I just kind of like, okay. Matt, we take a vow in the Masons where they you, you bare your chest, you actually strip your shirt off, you enter in this like sackcloth kind of thing. And they put a tip of a sword. One of the brothers puts a sword against your breast where your heart is and you recite the vows. And in those vows is if you ever turn to traitor, you will die disemboweled a cable's length from shore. Kirk died in the shallows of a military base, lap pole. Where the lifeguard just mysteriously disappeared and he was able to drown was revived and then Stars and Stripes says he'll do an investigation and he's dead and I'm never allowed to see the body is cremated. Military killed him. Military has cameras at that pool. They allowed him to be killed. Military is not gonna rescue the US. They are not in to save us. That is a lie in order to get people to be complacent to think it's being done for them. Part of the narrative being spread in this country. So the Pentagon's in on this. So what you have is here is a shot of what clocks are supposed to be in the industry. 10 after 10, 10 after 10, the smiling hands. This is what clocks are supposed to be in the industry. And yet, here's what's in the Animatrix. The exact birthday. I want this to sink in for people because you're going to see trolls try to debate this stuff. No. Now let's go to something chilling. Remember I held up my son who died? His picture, his face, right? Well, let's go to something I wanna show you right now from The Good Place, if I can find The Good Place file. Come on, Tom. Oh, where are you? Where are you? Okay, I'm gonna come back to it. I wanna show you. Well, I'm gonna be showing you in The Good Place when I find my file. I know it's all over the place. That's how busy I've been. In The Good Place, you're gonna see if I can find it. Um, here's what it is. They have the main characters, Sean and Michael are the evil ones in the afterlife. They're deceiving you. The Good Place is not The Good Place. Sean and Michael. Sean Michael's my son's name. That's Sean Michael right here. Sean Michael, his birthday is October 14, 1982. In the good place graphic, if I can't show it, I'll send it to you. 
In the Good Place graphic, they have the birthday of the main character, October 14, 1982. His exact birthday with the main character, Shawn Michael. That's what they're doing. Like you said, they put it in plain sight. They're rubbing it in and letting me know that the death of my son is being mocked as the evil one in the afterlife. Exact birthday, exact name. Can it be denied? No. If I can find my file, I will, but I will be sent. If I don't find it, I'll be sending you the copy of it. All right. Cause I'm not going to let that slip. I'm not so, going to let it go away. So, you know, like I, I know we can go deeper on this cause I've seen some more uh, evidence that you have in, in going through this uh, story. And like I said, I, when I went through the uh, human trafficking stuff, I heard of similar stories uh, very, very, you know, there's very easy to use the uh, mental health. Uh, there are, you know, if you look into Hillary Clinton and stuff like that, and how many random deaths are around her and like all these, you know, these yeah. famous people just yeah. dying at certain times. And, and when you start to understand the Masonic rituals and things like that, then it becomes very clear what's going on because it's, it's, it can't be held to coincidence. So that's if, right. that is, if that's the case and it's this big and human trafficking is that bad and Hollywood is this dark, which which I believe are true for my own research and your one story. And if you listen to any uh, survivor stories from uh, satanic rituals, uh, you look at the work of Marina Abramovich and uh, some of the survivors, you know, not her specifically, but other ones. It's it's so dark, your, your brain can't even handle it. And like I said, it took me a while to figure that out. So if it is the case my question for you is like, do you feel any hope for this? Like what, yes. when it's yeah. so big and it's so ugly and it's so dark um, and you have these stories coming out, it's like, well, why would you even, you know, most people wouldn't even have the uh, capacity to deal with a situation like that, to be like, this is too much. I don't well, know. They, they answered your question on tape again, from context. I type the context from the inside, from Disney, Warner Bros, others that give me information. I, I put it on tape. Here's what he said. They say it themselves. Tom, if you're smart enough to write the Matrix story, you're smart enough to follow the trail. Yeah. My responsibility, my mantle of responsibility now in, in light of the memory of my sons, not ego, memory of my sons. I haven't seen a dime. In fact, I've, been, I've lost so much. I keep going. It's not about Tom's out to gain. No. My responsibility is to reveal all this. If I'm smart enough to write the piece, yes, they're right. I'm smart enough to follow the trail. So my life had to been dedicated away from creative art, which I love doing, to sleuthing and I hate it. I hate this job. I hate it. There's no glory to nothing, anything, no joy, but I'm going to finish the job and free the kids because I learn more and more as more contacts tell me more. See, and there's this game of they try to tell you stuff to win your, uh, to control you. You can befriend them in order to get information. And that's exactly what I've done. And I've turned on the tape recorders. So I've got them. So now the thing is they are realizing they're caught. So do I have hope? Yes. Is everything going to change? Yes. I know exactly who the players are, how they all interconnect. Pat Robertson's the weakest link of the cabal. They have a cabal rule. Nobody in the cabal reveals the cabal, fight club. Nobody reveals the cabal. If you do, someone has to pay. If you do not eliminate your target, you somebody has to pay. Somebody's responsible and will pay. So if the people responsible for eliminating people like myself don't succeed, even publicly smear properly, they have to smear, be destroyed. See, there's always a price to pay in the cabal. That's the rule that keeps the engine turning. And that's the, uh, that's the inertia energy. So if you go back to this, right, yeah, does that answer the question? Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to touch on um, that you spoke about is the, uh, um, just the brainwash, like MK Ultra is a real thing. You can look that <laughs> up. And you know you can look at just the work of Darren Brown and what he's capable of doing, then alone when you bring in abuse and um, uh, forget his name right now, but one of the guests, he wrote a book called, uh, 
how science and oh, uh, Sakaris, uh, forget his first name, T Sakaris. He was on the show and he wrote a book, uh, how, uh, science and religion flubbed a big one why evil matters what how science and religion flubbed a big one and he's on my show and this he he has the skeptical podcast and sure. you know I, I remember so one part of the show is like you know if you figure out who you are what your passions are what your values are you can design a life that is meaningful to you and he's like oh i don't know about that and he's giving me pushback meanwhile like he's got the skeptical podcast but he starts out with this uh, example he goes you know if we know that people are torturing children um, mm -hmm. to such a degree so it makes it easier for entities like spirits to enter the body we first need to understand if this is true if this is actually right. what's happening so he knows that he's very skeptical about everything but he's had enough evidence to know that that's actually happening to kids you know yes. and they're doing this but he couldn't fathom just knowing your values and designing right. a good life i was like what is the what is the imbalance here man? Let, me, let me add something to you there that might help that might uh, go along with what you're just saying i think you just said something beautiful what why did i write the piece i wrote the piece so people like myself can fit in this world and they're telling me that i changed the world the work changed the world i was simply trying to fit in this world by changing how it works people like myself that are like yourself creative uh, geniuses, whatever, test is genius, okay, whatever, but gifted, compassionate, would fit in the world. And so what happens, they say, they put me in my own story. Well, they're in our world now. The world is changed by artists that want to see a better world. That's really cool. So the hope is, yes, it's our world. We wrote this world, we're given this world, created this world, basically, through our art that we would fit. That's what's going on. And so, um, yeah, so what I want to point out, too, is that um, that's why you drive it home. The children, the ones that are killed, you do it in their memory. And now they're trying to say my son's never existed. They're so afraid of this point. But let me jump now to I want to go to the graphics real quick. because I want to honor what I said before we run out of time. But I hope that helps. Does that make sense? I wanted to add that this we're, we're creating a world we fit through art. And that means that's the hope is that this is the world people could have is the good one because we wrote it out of necessity to make a world we fit. Does that make any mm. sense? All right. right. Comment, you wanna have any thought of that? And then I'll jump ahead here. Well, yeah, it kind of just makes me think about, well, the movie, The Matrix, right? You've got this one uh, agenda, which you look at agenda 2030 and they want you to eat bugs. You know, Canada's got now the largest cricket farm. It, it, I don't know if it's built yet or being built, right? So we can eat crickets. They talk about own nothing and be happy. Then there's this agenda to basically, you know, from, from researching this stuff as a kid, they, they talked about removing the ghost in the machine. And that's what electroshock therapy was for. They want to see if they could zap you to a degree where you basically became a robot and the ghost being your soul. Right? right. And so they're so right. afraid of the soul. They're so afraid of God. Um, you know, they're trying to eliminate that and make you uh, yes. like, a, like a robotic human or whatever you call it, a cyborg. Take the place of God. That's exactly yeah. it. The theme in the yeah. piece was man tries to out with God, God up, God with man. And so very cool. Let me uh, wrap this up on this one, one right here. This is so, yeah. So the end, end, yeah. So the end of that though, is like, you know, it, that's what it, it's it, the battle. It seems to be, it's either going to be human flourishing with uh, spiritual values, you know, under God, a creator, however you see that, right. What, what we all know in our heart and our soul, right. When you hurt somebody, it, it's not the ideal thing to do just as basic common sense, but they have to remove all morality. And uh, there's a quote I saw from one of these, I don't know if it was Masonic or it was one of the kind of the darker ones. It says, if you remove all, uh, morality and compassion, you can do whatever you wish to a man. 
That's what it is. Exactly. You're going to see an evolution of man and woman too, where um, people will sometimes say, you talk too fast. You're going to see people talking fast in the future. There's so much information. There's so much going on. We are going to become more and more talking very fast and thinking very quick and moving very sharp and thinking in layers, thinking in layers. The neural link that I came up with in my work, that came in my work, was something I was warning about was not necessarily good. It's something that you become dependent on instead of the muscle memory of memory. And if it's pulled, you could have the state take away your memories. You could have everything where you're a drooling idiot. That's all you do is pull your plug, pull your jack, pull your memory chip. Once that's gone, the neural link's pulled, you're depend you've been dependent on it, it's over. That's in the piece too about thinking on what matters and such. There's a whole nother level and another show about that at some point. But then here you go. This is Michael, who's in the afterlife. He's bad. His boss is Sean. My son's name is Sean Michael. Then you go to this, watch this. This is how clever they did it. Phoenix, Arizona, known for child trafficking. And what you have is, um, let me throw this aside here. You have this situation of October 14th. See October 14th down there? Yep. Okay, that's my son's birthday. And trolls will say October 14th can be anything. Yeah, it can. But then you have this shot. Look how she says 1986, right? The next shot says this. What I used to tell people when I lied about my age, the actual year, 1982. So what you have is this, Matt. My son's exact birthday, strung out so it can't be caught in one shot. October 14, 1982. That's when my son was born, Shawn Michael. So they stick it in the good place to mock. And a lot of people saw the good place, knew that something was going on there. The only way in and out of the good place is the train station. This is Universal Studios. The only good place in and out is the train, as in my work in the Matrix too, lifted in the Matrix. And you have the architect with the silver pen. It's just a little too much. Now let's go to the, um, I'm just going to race ahead here. What did uh, Spielberg put in Minority Report? Take a look at this. Captain John Anderton. So there's a T added to Anderson. Captain is my dad's rank. John's my dad's name. He's going to be guilty of pre-crime. What's the pre-crime? His son, Sean, was murdered. Tom Cruise's character is going to be put away on a 302 in stasis because he's going to commit pre-crime, they say, because his Sean's been murdered. Sean's been murdered, his son. My son, Sean, was murdered after this was made by Spielberg. They put it up here. Captain John, Captain, my dad's rank, John Anderton, just like John Anderson in The Matrix. My dad's name, Anna T. Tweaked. This is pretty wild. And so you have this whole thing with the Philip K. Dick novels, which is so cool because that basically looks like prophecy almost. It's like all these things they're drawing from like Man in the High Castle are from his novels and they're sticking in graphics that are pretty wild, very wild. I wanna show you this, I'm going to the matrix inserts real quick. This is pointing out to me. You see that train station, Teak OKU station. The clock has seven two backwards and you, may, you probably know about this. Seven two is my birthday, you saw it in the clocks. Now also, in the, they'll have seven two throughout Man in High Castle on the clock, seven two. I have uh, examples of that, but it's backwards on the clock here at the train station. You have 510, the app, mirror image of seven two. This is done in the industry as an Alice in Wonderland thing to say that your life is in disarray. Your life is in disarray. Your life is over as you know it. You're ruined. You're destroyed, as they say, destroyed. Teak, Teak is the name of the person I pitched the work to Bonaventura with. She was there, Otika Ball. Senator David Bourne's niece, also Paul Ryan's distant cousin. So what you have is these top Republican leaders, relative, she looks just like that, that looks like Atika. Teak, her nickname, where did she graduate from, Matt? Oklahoma State University. See it? 
Oklahoma State University, Teak, my birthday backwards. When I lost Teak after work was written and submitted, my life was destroyed. One more graphic for men in the high castle just for show you this. These are pointed out to me by people from the inside right now, so it can't be debated. Right now, they're pointing out this. Remember 7259? Well, I'll just pop that up real quick and then we'll go to the graphics from the matrix again. 7259, let's take a look. Seven is $7 bills. Seven. Look at the serial number. This is how they, you said they put it in plain sight. Five, six, three is nine. Three, two is five. Six, three is nine. 59, 59 twice. Seven, two, 59. Seven, two, 59. I wouldn't be putting this up if it wasn't pointed out to me. This is what they're telling me to look at. Look at this one. Passport of the assassin. I'm considered a traitor of the Masons now, a traitor of uh, Robertson's group, tra traitor of the cabal. I was being groomed to be the face of the Christian coalition and be a top person to mislead the public. Instead, I'm warning the public. Therefore, I'm a traitor. Here's the traitor assassin. And look what the hands were covering up at the bottom. July 2nd. July 2nd. July 2nd. It's right there. These are not accidents. This is what's called stacked in the industry. Stacked graphics. Let's get away from this right now. That's Man in the High Castle. That's a good place. Uh, here is um, uh, Space Force. Look at the allusion to 7-2. The name is Naird. That's Mark Naird. My brother, who's the attorney, uh, attorney brother, is named Mark Laird. So everything's different except they have the N for nerd. Mark Laird is L-A-I-R-D. Mark Naird is N-A-I-R-D. And he is Space Force. 7-2 is throughout everything in it. That's blurry, but it's a 7-2 behind her in this other scene. All through is 7-2. So you have Men in the High Castle in this version. It's 7-2 backwards. That means your life is in disarray. Men in the High Castle again, 7-2 shown with the backhand on the two, seven, moving towards the eight, so that can push back to the two. Now to the, let's get to the matrix. I'm, I'm hurrying along because I want to get to the matrix and serve what you were asking. So here we go, matrix, get out of here. All right, here is train station scene, original pages from the copyright preceding the matrix. Keep in mind, there's no copyright on the matrix. Everything I say is you know, vetted and checked anyway, so I just say it. Here's actual script down here. Resemble, Jim passes through a wall. Jim Reese is the name of Neo in the original work. Jim Reese, if you go to Amazon Prime right now or commercials for Amazon Prime, they're showing Terminal List. Check out the main character's name in Terminal List. The name is Jim Reese, exactly as it's spelled. Jim Reese, same name. So they're using the name right now to signal, I'm told by insiders from Disney and Warner Brothers, it's being signaled that you've won the chess game. Therefore, we're now releasing Terminal List with Jim Reese as the main name because it's a signal to inside the industry, you've won. It's not for the public, it's for inside the industry. Let Tom alone, he's won. We're gonna make a deal with him. It's a signal. That's how they do it, they release it through movies. The communication line is the movies. That is your email to everybody. That can't be checked and used against you. By putting in the movies and announcing in major advertising, Jim Reese, Terminal List, they're sending a message to everybody that can't be held against them and can't be called up for court records or used as evidence. So the message right now with Jim Reese and Terminal List is that Tom Althouse has got the freeway. So a deal is supposed to be made and that's what context are talking about. It's their communication outside the public realm. And plus they have plenty of trolls that will poo-poo it and negate it. So they, have to, they don't have to worry. They have them working for them to make the public look the other way. So... Here we have uh, the Trump, this train station scene from the original work, showing the clip from them. Okay, their clip. Notice it's a crowded scene, but they had to reduce the budget. That was what they told the uh, Warner Brothers. They reduced the budget 
So they made it a static scene. They also blew it by making a well-dressed couple. A producer from um, Hollywood contacted me and set, pointed this out to me since they are fans of the work. They said, look, it's a well-dressed couple. It makes no sense. You had these poor people that were desperate to get their kids in the program, haggard woman, because they're desperate to get them to a better life that they can't follow into the program. So they're begging people to take them like our character through the liquid mirrors that you can only pass through if you take the red pill. See how it lines up? That's the story ripped apart by the Wachowskis who simplified the budget and well-dressed these people. Well, if you're a well-dressed couple, the producer pointed out, why would you be shipping your kid away from you? Why? Why? No, it's about love. Really? Yeah. And since Neo is running down the corridors of the train station, like an Escher print coming back and like, oh, I just appeared back. That's what Chosky's making up as they go along, throwing the train man too. There's no business there because they took out the silver liquid mirrors. If you have the silver liquid mirrors back in, that makes sense how Neo is trapped. If he's cut from the program, he can't pass through them, right? So, but they want to be cool and lift that image for elsewhere where Neo's given the red pill, blue pill and uh, sticks his hands through the mirror. They're lifting the images, simplifying everything, ruining the story. I'm talking fast, but I hope that makes sense. So here we go to another original page of the story. This is interesting. Look at the top part boxed here. Original work, preceding matrix, 1998 version. A young driver is having a blast operating the tunneler and playing loud music. He watches the screen showing the scrolling map in green with blips on it, the green scrolling blips, the headphones, the loud music being played. He's navigating. There's the navigator. Exact match. They lifted everything exactly from that description as they made it up as they went along. They thought, this is cool. Keep it all the same. Sit down there, Mr. Guy, and we'll put the headphones on. Play the loud music. Watch the thing. Watch the green scroll. Just navigate. We'll just take it exactly the same. Here's the tunnelers. Here we have that. We have... Um, God, it's all there. Anyway, so this, this, this is from your... Uh, this is original pages. This yeah, that you have copyrighted and notarized, correct? From yeah, I can turn, I can turn, yeah, right here. I can turn to the page right here where this is right now. That is 110. Let's match it up. I think it's a great point you just said. Stop share screen for a moment. I'm glad we're covering this. Well, and I'll go, I'll kind of go back to one of the other things you said about communication in Hollywood. This is something yeah. also that, uh, that I discovered in my research, right? And, you know... Um, people watch the movies it's all it's all propaganda what they want to do what they're going to yes. do what they have done you know it's you know it's very very obvious that's right thank you for sharing that what do you see here 110 what do you see young driver right young driver let's go back to the clip what do you well, see this, this is kind of you know making me just think about like the occult world that is, is essentially overlaid and, and nobody's a part of, right? Like you, you're not a member of this society, right? You need to swear an oath uh, to know yes. how they communicate. You need to be in the inside circle to even see any of this, right? Because right. for yeah. the average person, they're going to say, oh, this is way too much. There's no way they communicate in movies, blah, blah, blah. But when you are on the <laughs> inside and there has been other whistleblowers that share this exact thing yeah. and you can show it, but then they'll deem you as a, as a crazy person. So it's pretty intense. That's the go-to card. The go-to card is crazy, delusional, and they pay your sister and others to do that and they'll get rewards. You know, So you're absolutely right. So look at this right now, like you just said. Here it is. What's going on in my situation? Why is it unique? When people go, why would they do it to Tom? It's like, Work is worth billions, right? I was groomed by the inside, so they have an anomaly, just like the Oracle, which I modeled after myself, not Sophia Stewart. They did that on purpose. They could make Sophia Stewart first claim it. Look, it looks like me. That's not doing work. That simply looks like you because they put it to make it look like you. 
But the thing is that actually it was supposed to look like me, the Oracle. And what happens is you, cause I'm modeling it for myself to figure out how to do the story best and flesh it out. So you've got a guy who's groomed from the inside, worth billions. You think they're going to stick stuff on. And what are they going to do with you? Like you said, if you're part of the club, if you're brought in, I was groomed to be in the club. I was groomed to lead in the club. So what are they going to do with Tom? What do you do with Tom? Right. And I got more work. So therefore, yes, I'm in the situation of a mantle of responsibility to bring this forward in the face of all the trolls and say, yeah, no, it's not about ego. It's not about ego at all. It's about getting the job done to free the kids. It's about getting the word out there. And I'll tell you what, I don't enjoy it. I don't benefit from it. Show me the money. I don't have the money. I've had everything taken away, but I'm finishing the job in memory of my sons and to do this to free the kids and to reveal what's going on so we can have a better world. I don't think that's an egotistical move. Wow. Well, holy shit. This was so intense. And, uh, you know, I'm so sorry for what you have endured and had to go through. And this is just a bit of it. I'm sure we could kind of, you know, go into it and, and, you know, in, in detail and, and hopefully yeah. you will see your, your day in court because then it's like, all right, well, why would you, you know, okay. So my mind goes, okay, he could be like anyone, he could be full of crap. Um, but that's a lot of stuff to endure to push through, to continue to go. If you were just making it up, right. It's like, that's a lot. I mean, you could just stop it and do something else and it would be less painful, less heartache. Yeah. I could take the offers. I could take the offers and be set up with the offers they have. And I can, and that's another one of the tactics and why so many people sell out, um, you know, become controlled opposition or, or compromise as they go, Hey, we're either going to, we're going to blackmail you, right. By getting something on you, um, drugging you, filming you doing all these different things. So you can either have that leaked or you can have a bunch of money. Which one would you rather have? And and my last son's life is at stake. They made that clear. My last son. And look, you see, see like Jack's the back of the neck, the whole thing with Neuralink is here. They gave it to Elon Musk. They gave it to Elon Musk. My work that's easily copyrighted and proven that I came up with first, all the ramifications of Neuralink and they give it to him. And then you got underground council, field of pods, everything's here. So I'd love to do something another time, but there's so much here that's obvious. And so they don't, they don't want to do with this story. They do have the trolls coming forward and saying, you know, he's full of garbage. He's a liar. He's, you, you'll, you'll get contacted probably and told, oh, he's evil. He's, a, he's deceptive. I got the copyrighted script. I've got the proof. And then you asked such a valid question. Why would I do this? This has been three decades of hell. And I've been lost everything. My last son's life in jeopardy. So if there, if I was making this up, yeah, that's crazy. Cause there's nothing at the end of that rainbow. But if I can make a difference and I've got the proof that's irrefutable, they say it's irrefutable. I got them on tape. We were doing a documentary. Then I've got a responsibility to finish this. And I'll tell you, Matt, I don't want the job, but I'll do the job and I'll finish it, but I don't want it. Death threats, everything else. Yeah. Wow. Well, Tom, that's incredibly intense, man. And I wish you all the best in, you know, your endeavors and your pursuit. Um, where, if people want to follow this story, if they want to do more research, if they want to see some of your more interviews and, and kind of learn more, where can they go? And, you know, this, as this unfolds, um, we'll kind of see what's been, you know, what's going on. But it, right. the sad thing is I have seen a lot of stuff where it is as bad as you think. You know, and the more of this that gets exposed, I guess the last question I want to ask, like, are you optimistic in understanding, like being in a part of that system and, um, you know, knowing some of the inner workings, do you think it's going to 
level itself out. One of the things I've heard is that um, they know their time is up. And so they're doing everything they can with the one world government to crash everything down to enforce this basically next level total B system. So they're just forcing it. Do you you feel like that's where we're going to go? Or do you feel like we're going to overcome this? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic ending question is that in the work itself, the idea is that a one world order is coming. That one world order is offered by offering an immortal program. The program, that's what the Wachowskis didn't understand, is to bring that one order world order to be by offering it to all kinds of dignitaries, their wives, their children, their families. And that creates the one world order, offering the immortal program. That red pill is based off the blood of the children, growth hormones, and that's why the red is bad. They made it good. The blue pill is the author's eye, and the blue pill, I came up with it on the fly when I was writing because it was flowing so fast and well that I needed a device for how you enter the program. And I thought, I don't like shots. I'll get the pill. Blue pill's good. Red pill's bad. That's a signal you're going to see now if, the, if people are getting it and waking up, they'll say they're blue pilled because that is the, what was intended in the original work as the bootleg pill of underground. The red pill is what they made good, which was my bad. Red is bad, blue is good, red is blood of the children. So what's interesting is they are now saying that I've won the chess game. They're saying that uh, in the the piece itself, one world society is gonna happen, but we as Neo and the other characters could make it a good world. They're saying we're in our our own screenplay. We can make this a good one world society. If that's all the choice we get, let's make it a good one instead of a bad one they have planned. So now they're talking about, they're turning on themselves, they're revealing the FBI, they're turning against each other and we have a chance now to make the very thing that happened in the screenplay a good world society because they're looking to us to possibly lead it. The ones they groomed, they're now looking back to fix our problem. We screwed up. They're actually saying we screwed up. That's happening on the inside, whether trolls are attacking and trying to diminish to get final pieces of uh, reward and honors by way we pulled a uh, rat trick off out here. The actual heads of these guys are saying, you've won the chess game. We're looking to you fix our problem. And that includes Disney, Disney. And that's why Bob Iger was contacting me. There's a chance. And now the truth movement, a lot of times real quick is saying, Tom, do not work with Disney. They're evil. They're Luciferian. No, Disney is a business. It's a ship. It is an organization with good people in it also that would like to see a change and they can move up once it changes. We can take the ship and make it go a good direction. It is a ship equipped that we can take for good. If they're making offers right now, I'm not stupid. I'm smart enough to write the whole story with all the layers in it that people still don't understand. And I'll be explaining till I'm blue. But the thing is, I can be one of those guys that helps steer the ship the right way. And in the piece itself, in the immortal screenplay, it seems everything's coming true, even from fake Oval Offices in it, uh, my character does enter into the other side and does work from the inside to make a better world. That's in the screenplay. So I have a journey ahead of me where even truth community people, lower echelon are saying, don't enter the program. Don't do it. You're in God's way. Don't do that. You're going, you're doing evil if you enter with them. No, I'm taking a ship with some good people in it. If they, if Bob Iker and these others make the offer again, I will go on the inside and I will do my work and I'll try to work from the inside. You need a guy on the inside. So I'm going to do what I can. And that's that. I think that's a good move, a courageous move that needs to be done. If you want to turn things around, get on the inside. Well, man, well, like I said, this is incredibly intense. Uh, I wish you all the best in, you know, your future pursuits. Cause it sounds like you're not letting this go and this isn't done and there's lots, lots more to happen. Um, where can people follow your work or find you? And um... Red, great question. Redpillrising.org. It's an outdated site, but it'll have at least contact information, things like that. You can see there. If you want to help support what we're doing, we're actually putting a thank you to all the people that even gave like $5 or whatever to help us do the documentary. But the thing is that that's there too. 
Um, also Facebook, you'll see, or Twitter, you'll see Tom Althaus on Twitter and you can join me there. That's one of the easier platforms, I guess. Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, um, you'll see a picture of me and Aiden on my shoulder, my last surviving son on uh, Maui. And uh, we're in the picture there. So Facebook, Tom Althaus. There's also other pages like the Matrix Redeemed on Facebook and also uh, Tom Althaus writer page. But um, I do want to say, yeah, it's going to be a better world. It's going to happen. We're not going to let this go. And we may not even need a court case at this point. They're caving like crazy. We may just need to do documentary. They're talking about making the real life film. And attorneys in even Hollywood, California are saying that's where it's even better than the Matrix, the real life film. They, film they, say, they get goose flesh over. So that's going to be made. And also the film as originally written, you'll see this with everything coming back together and audiences will finally understand what it means, not ripped apart into four series ripped apart, but actually back to one, one film that explains everything, all the components back in where they lifted them. So I, sorry, I talk fast. I think fast. There's a lot of us. That's going to be the wave of the future. You're going to see people talking fast. I would say to audiences, just keep up, get used to it, get standardized with it and learn to go with the flow and you're going to make it. We're going to finish a better world. Well, well, I'm very happy that you're optimistic after everything you've been through. So just thanks for, you know, coming on the show and the work you're doing and, and definitely send, you know, prayers and, and uh, support your way for finishing this journey. My pleasure. Thank you, Matt, for having me. All right. Take care. Thanks everybody for watching. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Tom Althouse. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I know it is a mind bender. It goes into some deeper topics, and Tom's story is really a fascinating one. Um, when you do go down the darker rabbit holes, you do see a lot of strange stuff going on in Hollywood. So it's interesting that he's been in this battle for such a long time for such an iconic movie and story. Um, so it's very, very interesting. And um, there is some research out there on just some of the stuff that goes on on Hollywood in Hollywood. And just from a basic perspective of manipulation, of planting seeds and stories, and I think it was Aristotle or Socrates that talked about how story is really what controls the people. And that's what Hollywood is, is infiltrating all of this crazy stuff through story. So we need to be very... Uh, purposeful on what we're watching and what we're ingesting for our mental nutrients, what we're seeing through our eyes and, and our kids as well. Um, I think I talked about David Lone Bear uh, talking about his prophecy or one of the prophecies of the um, Native Americans talking about how the rainbow monster would be raising your children or something like that. Raising the children or something worse like attacking the children or taking over your children. Something like that. But either way, uh, obviously it has to do with the TV which wasn't um, you know, there in the early 1900s. I have no idea when the TV was invented but I think it's mid-1900s maybe uh, but that's it so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode i appreciate each and every one of you so sincerely if you do want to support the show please go over to mattbelair.com become a member you can do so for free or by donation all of you contributing thank you so very much small donations even a dollar or two dollars a month i'm telling you it goes such a long way to keep this show going because um, it is a battle so thank you guys so much i appreciate you um and uh, let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this show. Uh, wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, purpose, faith, courage, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>